Yeah, Kerchink. Yeah. It's time. Yes, that is the, that should actually. I don't even know why we have theme music. We should just have that sound. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Stream Queens podcast, where we review horror films that you can stream on the internet. I am your co-host, Rachel, and joining me is a fox screaming distantly in the background, and it sounds like murder, but it's probably just fox gossip. Mars! Hello! <laughs> I loved that one. Oh, oh good! <laughs> I especially love that. But it's probably just fox gossip. You know how it is. <laughs> right? I know feel like that's probably what they sound like when they're just kikiing, you know? Well, that is that is what that sound is, isn't it? It's just the female being like, hey, I'm over right. here. Anybody right. around? Right. You want to hang out? Right? It's like fox tweeting. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's just so funny because we were literally just talking about that recently. The bonus episode, which is coming out very soon, is all about spooky stuff. And you were talking about Vixen Screams. Yeah. And so then when we watched when I watched this movie, I was and I kept always meaning to like, I gotta YouTube that. I've never heard it. I need to YouTube it. So then when we watched this movie that we'll be talking about today, which by the way is caveat, there is some it's not a major plot point. I'm not spoiling anything. It's just something that happens in the movie. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's really upsetting. <laughs> yeah. If you didn't know what that was, you're just, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, let's rent a cabin for the weekend. And then in the middle of the night, you just hear. Yes. Oh, God. What that is that? That was a pretty that? good Vixen scream, by the way. Hey, thanks. <laughs> I've never tried. That wasn't even practice. That's the first time I've tried to make that sound. I feel you're natural. Pretty. Am I a fox? <laughs> I mean, I think you're pretty foxy. Yeah, hey, thanks. My boyfriend thinks I'm pretty foxy, too. Aww! <laughs> Mars's boyfriend! Alright, I'm not gonna be that friend, even though you know I'm totally that friend. <laughs> oh, we'll discuss it later. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Alright, so, sorry, back on track. How have you been? What have you been up to? Mars. I've... Not a lot. Work has been really, really busy, but uh, Oregon just this week took away the mask law or oh, whatever so now how's that it's been weird i still go into places wearing the mask because it's uh -huh. up to the discretion of the business on whether or right. not they're going to require the mask it's just that they're allowed to not require it yeah. if they want to and so far every i've only been to a few stores since this happened it was on wednesday and i have walked into every single one wearing my mask because i'm like just in case you know i don't know i don't want to walk in without a mask into a place that still wants people to wear masks Right. But that I have not yet come across a single business that is still requiring them. And I haven't been in a restaurant yet, so I don't know what that scene is. I mean, that's the place where they're going to make you take it off because you got to eat. Yeah, but the, I mean, the thing is, Oregon's vaccination rate is not great. Really? So, And they're not, it's like honor system thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm still wearing mine for sure because... I don't know. I kind of like not getting any cold. <laughs> Y'all got germs. I don't know. It's so weird because I remember the opposite happening in the beginning where I had to adjust to, oh, that's right. I got to put a mask on. Or right. like, how far outside of the store do I need to put the mask on? Am I going to look like a weirdo? Because remember that period too where half of the people were wearing masks and half of them weren't? And yeah. Like, is it weird to not? Is it weird too? And now I'm like, is it same thing but in the reverse direction? I'm like, I'm not be wearing a mask right i feel i don't know this is yeah. weird so 
that's been a weird adjustment, mm-hmm. which I know we've talked about. We all, you know, have talked about how weird it's going to be to readjust to what it was like before, mm-hmm. but it's happening now. It's strange. I know what you mean. So I have been going out a little bit. Like I've been out to dinner a few times, but every time for the most part, I go to this one place that's really high boots. And so it feels very insulated still. And then earlier this week, I went to a more open seated restaurant and I was actually okay without my mask. I wasn't that freaked out. What was weird to me that I'm so not used to anymore is lots of people talking. Oh, yeah. yeah. I got super weirdly overstimulated. I couldn't hear what the person I was with was talking to because I was having trouble filtering the background noise out because I'm so not used to 50 people speaking at the same time. That's so weird. I hadn't even thought about that. And again, I haven't been to that many places and only short stops into places. But yeah, that's going to... That's going to be weird. It's really weird. I almost kind of felt like I had vertigo. That's bizarre. My vision was a little bit blurry. And I was like, I'm, what, what's happening? Why do I feel so weird? And then I realized I was just so fully overstimulated. And eventually throughout the meal, I kind of got my sea legs back and I was able to tune into the conversation that was happening right in front of me. But there was a good 15 minutes where I was really having a hard time focusing on one person. You know, and I've, I've had... Moments like that in my office when everybody is dealing with things and it's so many conversations are happening right. and someone's trying to talk to me. But again, yeah, I'm just, it's not even like I'm distracted by other conversations. It's the fact that so much is happening around me that, yeah, uh-huh. I know exactly what you mean, where it almost feels like my vision's going blurry. Yes. But that's, it was weird. you know, in my office where people have really crazy problems happening and people are trying to tap in other people and get help, you know, yeah. help and opinions and things. So it makes sense in that setting. Yeah. It, I completely forgot that those kinds of things don't happen in stores anymore because people had a, such a hard time yeah. yeah people had such a hard time communicating and it threw the mask and everybody was trying to stay six feet apart from other people and yeah that's gonna be weird yeah so get ready for that when you're going somewhere kind of crowded sometime soon if you know what I'm oh saying. my gosh and i'm gonna be in an airport at the end of this month that's gonna be weird that's gonna be super super weird the things that i expected to bo- like i was concerned about bothering me i guess i had mentally prepared for and i was just completely caught off guard by this yeah, like I th- honestly, until you bringing it up, that hadn't even, I hadn't even thought about that. It was weird, but it was my first "oh, I'm back in the world" moment where I had been out in the world, but it was the first time that I felt weird about it. If that makes any sense. Yeah, this was the first time where I was like, "Oh, the world has changed," and maybe I didn't just roll with it quite as well as I thought I did. No. <laughs> anyway, no. so, so yeah, all right, cool. Well, I mean. It's interesting we're talking about a movie that's all about isolation after yeah. having this conversation, but uh, this is my strange transition. Okay, but before that, I have a quick warm-up question for you. Okay. So, without giving spoilers, one of the things sort of that happens in this movie is one person thinks that they're in for one experience, and then they arrive there, and then they're like, oh... I've made a mistake. (laughs) And I was wondering, what was your, like, mistakes have been made moment? I mean, my most major mistakes were made story I've already told a dozen times on this podcast. The one about camping for my birthday and it just raining the whole time. But I was the only one who brought a coat. So I was the only one who got... And didn't somebody break a leg or something on that? Yeah, someone broke their foot. (laughs) Yeah. Mistakes were made. (laughs) Mistakes were made. But because I've told that story a dozen times. I uh, was trying to think of a different one, and this one's not nearly as disastrous, but it was one of those by the end of the evening. It was like, so, so many mistakes were made. 
<laughs> so no. many mistakes. Oh no! Tell me, tell me, tell me. It was one of those evenings when I was still living in the Bay Area, and I somehow got talked into going into San Francisco for the night where we were going to go walk around San Francisco and go to bars and things like that. And already it was something that for me was a bit of a trek because I lived in the East Bay and none of my other friends that were with us going into town lived in the East Bay, which means that I was going to have to take a train by myself in Ooh, a different direction. Mistakes were made. Yeah. At, you know, two, three in the morning by Ooh, myself. Ooh, mistakes into, were made. Into East Bay. Bart so our and peak traffic is a fucking hellscape nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so I already was not psyched about this, but I got talked into it anyway because I was still in that period of time where I was beginning to get the, but I'm so tired and I just want to drink at home where it's warm and I can watch anything I want. I don't have to wear a bra, you know. I was at the beginning of, at the beginning of that phase of my life, but because it was the beginning, I was still like, no, you got to suck it up. You got to act like a young person. Go into the city and club it up. Yeah, you haven't embraced uh, your truth yet. Yeah. Yeah. So I went and basically it was just hours and hours. And I'm being honest when I say hours of walking around because we were just somehow we were in places that there were no bars. Oh, no. There were no sidewalks at one point. There was construction going to the sidewalk was closed. So we're just walking in the street at night. Oh, my God. And the reason why is because. The person who lived in South San Francisco, who had talked us all into going on this fool's errand, was on his phone <laughs> being like, no, there's this bar I want to go to. I have it pinned. We're almost there. Two and a half hours up. We're almost there. It's right around the corner. It's right around the corner. And we're almost there. And at some point I was like, yo, clearly it is not right around the corner because it has been right around the corner for two and a half hours. I'm going in there and I'm getting pizza and then I'm going home. Y'all yes. can do whatever you want. <laughs> a hero was born. <laughs> Somehow after pizza, I got convinced just, oh, it's just, it's so close. It's so close, so close. We're walking. I'm pissed. I'm so far from where I need to be to get home. And suddenly the leader of this group just stops and he goes, I just realized that the red dot is me. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> Two and a half oh, hours. Oh, my God. How, and then you murdered him and disposed of his body. How? Of following this just Magellan taking us across all of San Francisco because he thought the red dot that was him was the bar we were going to. So he, that's why he kept thinking, oh, it's just right around the corner. It's right around the corner. It's right around the corner because he was looking at himself. I was livid (laughs) i just kind of stopped and i was like all right good night to you we're gonna have to give it a week and i just turned around and started walking back and luckily someone in the group stopped and was like nah we're getting an uber we're just gonna uber back because this is fucking bullshit and i was like thank god and then i made it home and i was just and at that point again it's like two three in the morning by the time i get home now i don't even have any quality drinking at home time it's like i guess i'm just gonna go to bed mad (laughs) and then and that's my Saturday. <laughs> that's horrifying. I am so sorry. I mean, in retrospect, just that moment where he stopped and was like, I just realized the red dot is me. It's fucking hilarious in retrospect. I mean, now, and <laughs> yeah. while sitting in your home with a beverage. That's just in hilarious. the moment, though, I felt like all of the blood 
drain from my head and then instantly rush back in. And I, I don't like, understand how after an hour he wasn't like, this thing is moving. Or like, it doesn't make sense. Or how is it that the bar is constantly on a different cross street every time I look down? Mm -mm. The red dot is me. <laughs> <sighs> mistakes were definitely made. Mistakes. So many mistakes were made. Oh my god, hilarious, hilarious. So, okay, have I ever talked about the time that the night ended in the city with pimps, but that's not the part of the story that I'm going to tell. Yeah. I was with some friends. I think it was the last time we ever hung out where you're on one path and the uh, someone's on another path and that path happens to be spiraling down into total <laughs> life-ruining decisions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you have that final night where you hang out and you realize that you two are no longer on the same path. Yep. So this was one of those nights. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I had gone out with my friend. I think I've told you about her before. Pterosaur. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And she was so fun and not a bad person. Just there was not a bad decision that she wasn't delighted to make. <laughs> Which when you're kind of in the, on the same level of bad decisions is great. Right. It's adventures at that point. But what you don't realize is even though you feel like you're meeting and you're like, we're on the same page, you're actually on two separate pages that happen to just for one moment fall into sync. That was oh. definitely that friendship. So we were going to the city, but we just had to make one quick stop. It was me, her, and a friend of hers that I did not know. And we went to this person's house, and it was kind of this McMansion. And we go there, and we go inside. There's no furniture, but first of all, there's a fucking, I don't know, some sports car, some expensive ass looking sports car in the, in the driveway. So we go inside, no furniture in the house, completely empty, except for one leather couch and a gigantic TV. And I'm okay. like, okay, this is weird, but whatever, you know, it is what it is. Let's not judge other people. Maybe he just moved in, whatever. So he's like, all right, everybody come upstairs. So we go upstairs. And every, again, everything's empty except for one bedroom where there's a giant bed, bed with a very elaborate headboard. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Okay. And a couch. And so we all go and we sit on the couch and her friend disappears into the bathroom with him. And I'm like, oh, okay, I see. We're, they're getting their party situation worked out before we go to the city. Whatever. It's not my jam, but I'm not going to yuck your yum. Whatever. Right, you do right. you, boo. Yeah. So I'm sitting there and they're in there for a while. I think a transaction of the... Mm -hmm. um, interpersonal <laughs> and again i'm like this is a long thing that i did not sign up for but okay so i look down i'm waiting for them to come out i look down and i see something sticking out from under the bed I'm like, what the fuck is that? and i take a closer look i shit you not girl it's a spear what it is a long ass pointy ass spear so i lean down and i look <laughs> under the bed there is an arsenal of fucking weapons, including a machete underneath the bed. What? I lean back up and I'm like, okay, TikTok in over my head. Yeah. Mistakes are being made. And they come out of the bathroom and he has this other guy shows up. And I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? And the guy comes out with a massive duffel bag hung over one shoulder. And he heaves it up onto the bed. He opens it. And I swear to God, girl, it was like fucking Scarface. It was just full of fucking cocaine and i was just oh like, my god oh no we have we are in felon air well, i thought we were picking up a friend to go to the city i had no idea what was going on so i've got machetes guns a fucking spear at my feet and this person has pulled out the most cocaine that has ever existed on the oh my god 
<laughs> Fortunately, we made our fucking they they did what they did and then we made our egress. And I just want to say this is several many years ago and I'm out of the statute of limitations, I hope. <laughs> anyway, although I I mean I had no part of it. I was just truly there under duress. Yeah. <laughs> Allegedly, like a, <laughs> I don't just know. A oh, situation all hostage makes me not criminalize myself right now. So yeah, they made their purchase and we left, and everything was fine. I think there was some like arguing downstairs between the two guys where I was like, "This is escalating," but then it resolved itself. But I I can remember just thinking in that moment, "Oh, this is not my destiny. I have somehow swerved into someone else's." And then there was so many other really strange things that happened that night that I'll say for another day that involved a pimp and a. A limo that was later not a limo and a lot of other things <laughs> but Dope. i will say okay. that, that the moment that i knew my friendship with this person was kind of we were kind of done it was about 5 a.m and i woke up and she was giving someone a really aggressive non-consensual lap dance <laughs> oh <laughs> no like, dead eyes and i was like yeah i don't i don't know if we're meant to be friends forever <laughs> after all <laughs> maybe we're different people <laughs> do you boo but I'm I'm gonna go. And then I went outside and there was a ticket on my car. It, was, it sucked. It was a bad night. Anyway, oh. so that was my in over my head mistakes were made moment of today. I probably could come up with a few more because I've made a lot of mistakes. I like people who are a little risky, but I'm actually pretty square. And so sometimes I'll skirt a little too close to their life and I'm like, oh, no, 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 of course, correct. Mistakes, mistakes, mistake. <laughs> anyway, okay. we'll see how much of that makes it into the final cut. <laughs> Okay, cool. So we've both made some mistakes. Hopefully you guys have enjoyed hearing about them. We'll see what Ariel leaves in because we may have incriminated ourselves. Yeah, and those are just the ones that we only felt 50% okay sharing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. All right, let's take a quick break. Play this ad from our buddies over at Here's Johnny. And then we will get into talking about Caveat. Tales of giant monsters are as old as tales themselves. What makes those stories fit into the kaiju genre, and just how scary can they be? Larry and Justin are pursuing this very knowledge on the Here's Johnny podcast, a horror show that arrives every week, just like your favorite radio drama, but instantly through forbidden sciences known as Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. There are a ton of kaiju out there to learn about. Just listen to your local emergency officials and stay out of their path. Wait, say that again? Uh, sorry, folks. I'm staff. Uh, folks, we're getting reports that a massive creature has just risen off the coast of this station and is heading this way. Please follow evacuation protocol and... Listen to the Here's Johnny podcast on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. And we're back. So, before we get into our review... In case people are new around here, Mars, can you please let them know what our spoiler policy is? If you don't want to be spoiled, then you should probably pause this and go watch the movie first because we are going to talk about everything that happens and we're going to talk about it top to bottom, beginning to end, every little bit. You know, I, I, we normally give our opinion on whether or not we think this movie should be unspoiled and honestly I think it should be, but it's not twisty necessarily, but I do think it's, I don't know. I think if you're someone who spoiling things ruins the experience for you, you don't want to have this one ruined. Yeah. If you don't care about spoilers or they even enhance the experience, stick around. 
But yeah. there are some but, things where the telling of it is going to be better than the watching of it. And I don't know if that's going to be true with this. This one's spoiler alert. I liked it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I personally would not want to have this one spoiled for me. Yeah. But the other, on the other hand, so much of this movie is visual yeah. that even us talking about that's it may true. not actually fully spoil it. Or yeah. may not spoil the experience, rather. That's a really good point because it is just about what you're seeing yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right so consider yourself warned choose why you know choose whatever works best for you i like how it went from choose almost choose wisely to choose why well choose whatever works for you (laughs) well you know i'm not gonna lie to our listeners (laughs) we keep it real okay we keep it very real all right so like I said, we're going to be reviewing Caveat from 2021. Now, this is a you pick. What made you decide on this one? I mean, honestly, the description is not that gripping. It's pretty. It feels pretty run-of-the-mill horror movie kind of premise. But what really got me was the thumbnail picture on Shudder. Mm-hmm. Was that bunny drummer? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. Super creepy. The title kind of implies things. But I don't know. It was... It was something I think, I honestly, it was that creepy bunny that really yeah. got me. I was like, you know what? I'm not necessarily super hooked by the description, but I got to know what's going on with this bunny drummer. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's interesting. Okay, so I have a little bit of background about this. You know, sometimes you get movies where there's tons of background information. Sometimes you get movies where there's not a bunch. But there is a little bit pertaining to that bunny. So this was directed by Damien McCarthy, who is an award-winning filmmaker from Ireland, Cork City specifically. He, prior to this, basically did a series of short films that won a ton of awards. He was a very successful short maker. And this is actually his first feature film. And in an interview, he was talking about, because he both wrote and directed it, how this movie came about. And essentially, he kind of approached it the same way that he did with his short films, where he kind of had almost a prop, and then he wrote around the prop. So in this case, he basically had this idea for this weird drumming bunny. And wrote a story around it, which is kind of amazing. Yeah. Because the story is actually pretty interesting. So he had this thing he had gotten at a thrift store and he decided he wanted to make it more creepy. So he pulled off all the fur and tried to mat it up, but it just ended up, he said, looking like an Ewok. So (laughs) he ended up taking it to someone who actually was a prop maker who put all this matted fur on it and added the eyes, really made it look creepy. But then it took so long for him to get the funding to make the movie that all the fur had fallen out. Oh, no. Which is why it looks the way that it does. I mean, it worked. It does work. And I just think, you know, his typically having a prop and then writing a story about it, I don't know, would normally be effective. But not only did it work, but it's it hooked you, too. The whole yeah. reason you hooked it is because of this thing. So, yeah. So that's what I've got for the background of this one. Now. I'm going to turn it over to you. Marcy, tell me about this movie. So, this movie starts, I mean, right off the bat, creepy. Oh, yeah. One of our main characters, Olga, walking around the house holding that bunny drummer by the ears. And it seems like it's working like a divining rod of sorts. Yes. Where she's kind of just kind of slowly scanning the room with it. And when it is faced in the direction it wants her to go, it starts drumming. And yes. I don't know what it is. It's I know it's supposed to be creepy, but something about this bunny's face and the way it kind of hunches when it drums, it yes. just looks so determined. 
He's just like, listen to my song. And he's like, it's, I don't know, something about it was, Mm -hmm. I know this is not a word most people would use. Something about it was kind of cute to me. He was just so serious about his art, you know? Yeah. I I did not feel, I did not get cute from it, but I I know what you mean. It has, for a largely inanimate object, it has a lot of agency. Yeah. It almost (laughs) seems like it has personality traits, even though it doesn't, all it does is, sit there and sometimes drum it's those (laughs) eyes dude it's those eyes yeah it seems like that it really has intent somehow Mm -hmm. i don't know it i see i'm just real hooked on this bunny drummer i don't know what it is but uh she's walking through the house and scanning using the bunny to divine which direction to go and it starts drumming whenever it's a yes basically or like a go this way and it leads her down into the basement and she's scanning the basement and it stops at a wall where Mm -hmm. she takes out a knife and cuts a hole in it and she's looking through the hole and we don't know what's on the other side of this wall so the cut is her face looking through the hole and it cuts to barrett looking through a window a similar window Mm -hmm. similar hole what we now get is a scene between barrett who's olga's uncle and isaac who is just He's got wild man hair, you know, and Barrett is telling Isaac that they used to be friends, even though Isaac doesn't remember anything since the accident, quote unquote, you know. So Barrett is telling Isaac that they used to be friends and he's been trying to get find him ever since, you know, he left the hospital and Isaac has, you know, amnesia. He doesn't really remember Barrett. He doesn't remember what happened. And he's kind of just he's been a drifter for a while because he apparently woke up in the hospital with no memory of who he was. And. Barrett says that he wanted to find him because he wanted to offer him a job. And it's a babysitting job, he calls it. Mm-hmm. He goes on to explain that his brother died a year ago and his niece, who has some mental health issues, keeps going back to this really isolated house that they lived in as a family. And it's really dilapidated and he doesn't want her out there by herself, but he also can't get her to stop going out there. So he pretty much just says, you know, if you could just stay out there, for, I think, for five days with her, you know, and just watch her and I'll pay you to do that. And mm-hmm. Isaac is very like, I don't know about this. What's the catch? Right. What's the caveat? What's the caveat? <laughs> but uh, somehow he gets convinced to do this because our next shot is him. I don't know if this is intentional, but the next shot is uh, Barrett having driven Isaac out to where they're going to take the boat to the island the house is on, which is not things that Barrett told Isaac, even though he claims he did, but he, I really would, I would believe Isaac. But Isaac wakes up almost like, I don't know, it just kind of gave this impression that he wasn't even, didn't even get in the car voluntarily. He just kind of wakes up and is like, ah, oh, shit, I did say I was going to do this. Ah, oh, shit, it's on an island? Oh, my God. You know, and he's just increasingly, mistakes are being made. Mistakes are being made. Mm-hmm. But he, you know, he doesn't want to go to this island. He says he can't swim. Barrett's like, well, you know, that's why we have a boat. And part of me was like, how much do you want to bet that boat disappears at some point? But- I mean, that's the thing is I immediately was doing the boat math. I'm like, well, how are you going to get back? Oh, you're taking the boat. Oh, that means I have no boat. Great. Right. <laughs> Great. Yeah. I like that. The boat math. <laughs> <laughs> Two trips, one boat. Exactly. <laughs> so Isaac still somehow is convinced to get in the boat and go out there and you know ben's talking about more about his niece and i did kind of think it was funny when he was talking about how she has fears of being attacked in the night and things and he's like i would have hired a woman to do that but i couldn't get a woman to get in the boat i'm like yeah no shit you couldn't get a woman to get in that boat with you. <laughs> right 
Shocking? No. But they get to this house and it is just falling apart. And that's when Barrett introduces Isaac to the harness. And his story that is just so believable, really that's what you came up with, was that his grandmother used to sleepwalk and so would sleep in this leather harness with a heavy chain on it to keep right. her from going out in the woods. And that's the only solution? That was the only solution. The chain? It, it couldn't have just been rope if you're going to tie yourself. You know, it's like, oh, what's that comedian who has the really active sleepwalking? Chris Birbiglia? Mike Birbiglia. Mike Birbiglia. Yeah, close. and like... That's close. And he has to sleep in the mummy bag to keep himself from running out of windows and stuff like that. Uh -huh. But, you know, there are other solutions that are more conducive to sleep. So I don't know why he bought that story of like, oh, yeah, she used to sleep with this heavy-duty anchor chain. But anyway, so he tells him that Olga does not want someone in the house going into certain rooms. And she's afraid of getting attacked. And so she's going to have to wear this harness the whole time. And... Isaac is just like, yeah, no, I don't know. He keeps protesting all these crazy things that Barrett keeps throwing at him and then going with it in the end. So I don't know. Maybe that's a... I did like the that we see Barrett try a few different tactics, right? He's just like, I don't like having my time wasted or every, you know, every job has a uniform. This is just right. a uniform. He tries all of these different manipulation tactics until he finally can key in on one that actually works on Isaac. Oh. And the whole time, he's also introducing Isaac to Olga and her mental condition, where she goes into these catatonic states where she just kind of sits down and covers her eyes, and it's super creepy. Because the whole time, she's in the room. She's in right. the room while they're having this conversation, but she's having one of her fits, as they call them, and isn't responsive, can't hear them, can't see them. You know, and then he does that kind of really mean thing, like puts the lampshade on her head to prove that like, yeah. she, she, she really isn't paying attention at all. As the, the movie goes on, you kind of get an idea of really his character like his unnecessary casual cruelty comes through in this moment and that'll be that'll be important later yeah so isaac finally he does agree to wear the harness and to stay in the house and since olga's in her state this is just kind of him wandering around and exploring this house he finds out several things about where about what the chain will and will not allow him to do it is chained down into the basement though he doesn't go down there quite yet. I don't blame him. I also would not go down there. He finds out the chain doesn't allow him to go into Olga's bedroom, but that's, you know, he kind of already knew that was the point because he's afraid of getting, you know, attacked in the night. He also finds out the chain doesn't let him go into the bathroom, which sucks. I was like, this is going to be a long five days if I can't go to the bathroom. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so he goes to a door that goes outside and he can make it just to the doorway and he's just going to pee out the door because, you know, what else are you going to do? And that's when he needs just to do this little saddest oh, little border collie. I know. His fur is all curly because he's been in the rain and he's just... He's so cute and it's so sad. So and sad. so... So Isaac decides to post up in the doorway. He gets a chair and he's just going to sit in there with the dog. He tosses in some food and, you know, he's just hanging out with the dog. And this scene was so effectively creepy. Yes. The way they do all of the haunting stuff in this movie is so effectively creepy. Mm -hmm. And this was the, this is kind of, other than, other than the drummer bunny, this is our first kind of real, oh, there's something else in this house. Because we're look, our shot is looking from the outside of the house into the house at Isaac as he sits in the doorway. And then the light silently just goes off behind him. Mm -hmm. And then, the chain from the camera angle, it's up and high at an angle behind him, and the chain just starts lifting slowly 
it's so creepy. It's not new stuff, but somehow, I don't know, it's the execution or the timing or, I mean, so much of this movie takes a long time. Yes. You know, the shots are held for very long amounts of time and it's very suspenseful and tense. But just how slowly this chain is lifting. And then when it does finally pull on him, it's not like it yanks him into the house violently. It just no. kind of tugs, just tugs a little, just enough to freak him out to be like, there's someone there. But when he turns around, the chain's on the floor. And it's not like it crashed down to the floor and the links were rattling. It's just still sitting on the floor where he left it. And that's honestly scarier because it means whatever this is, is stealthy enough that it can do all of these things without him being aware of it. Yeah. So something interesting about Damien McCarthy his short films don't have dialogue in them. Really? Yeah. And so he was like, I don't think I can pull that off with a feature film. But that's why this movie is largely pretty quiet. It's because that's his sort of aesthetic is to have silence. Okay. I mean, that tracks. It now doesn't make or it now makes sense to me that his short films wouldn't have dialogue because there's so little dialogue in these this movie, but it right. works. It does work. Weirdly, it does work. This is a movie that really I feel like maximizes tension with silence yeah mm-hmm. yeah oh my gosh again like sometimes those really long held shots don't work for me where it's just kind of like all right i get it something's gonna be revealed and it's supposed to be scary and that's why we're holding this forever but it worked in this movie mm-hmm. it somehow was still creepy every time we got to whatever the end of that really long shot was going for but i don't know this being the first real haunting scene just i don't know super effective agree so <laughs> I mean, Isaac's just kind of wandering around, and again, he's trying to check on Olga, but she's still in her, in her having a fit. She's, you know, not responsive, so he decides to just go to bed. So he goes into this room to lay down, and there's a painting on the wall that is just creepy. And it's, I mean, why not? It's of a girl holding a bunny, right. holding a toy bunny. Mm-hmm. Why not? Yep. That, and we know, yeah. we've already seen her walking around with a bunny, so it just, I mean, the painting itself is super creepy. The expression on the girl's face is really scary, but it's coded as being pretty sinister because we know that there's girl bunny shenanigans afoot in this house. Yeah. Yeah. And he hasn't met the bunny yet, Mm. but you know, eh. anyway, so he falls asleep and because of the way the chain is oriented, he falls asleep at the back to the painting and, or, you know, he tries to fall asleep and he's startled by the sound of the painting crashing to the ground. Mm -hmm. So he's looking at it and he's just real freaked out by it. Understandably. So he turns it around and then tries to go back to sleep. And then he hears kind of a little sound and opens his eyes and the painting is facing him again. Again, this is one of those things that was so effective. But again, it's not new things that we've seen. We've seen things like this before, but something about this one. And I think you are right about whatever this is, is so stealthy that it can do these things because you don't really hear. It's not like we hear a lot of sound when the painting turns back around. It's basically just like he opens his eyes and it's facing him again, Mm -hmm. you know, so he turns it back around. And then it falls over, but the way it falls over was painting side down, which means it was yes. facing him again. Yes, I mean, it subtle things like that. You know, we always talk about how we don't get scared by movies anymore. Mm-hmm. This movie actually, this scene and a couple, there's another one later in a wall. I felt genuine <gasps> yeah. chills. It really yeah. actually, I was like, oh, right. This is what it feels like to watch a really scary movie. Not a disturbing or emotionally sort of expensive movie but one that's just got those horror movie chills yeah and this movie has some moments that actually get happened i went oh god you know (laughs) i I haven't had that reaction to something that wasn't oh just gross or you know extreme but something that was just so so quietly scary that it actually caught me off guard yeah 
totally. And this movie did that. It was in a such a fun movies. surprise because I'm, you know me, I'm always talking about chasing that dragon. I got a little <laughs> taste of it last night. <laughs> so he lifts the painting up, and of course, the paint, the girl in the painting, her expression has changed, and she's whispering to Ooh. him, and... and it is really creepy. Yeah, so her eyes are terrifying. <gasps> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <sighs> okay, so. He wakes up the next morning, he's freezing, so he goes into this room and he finds a, a wood stove and he's going to start a fire, except he opens it, and that's when he meets the bunny drummer for the first time. And I don't know, I don't know why I think the bunny drummer's cute, but I think it's cute. <laughs> and he sets it on the stove and it kind of goes, do-do-do-do-do, and he's like, hello? And it's, do-do-do, hello? Do-do-do-do. And it's something about this little bunny he's so determined looking and all he got is his little drum. Just instead. And it, I don't know. So he sits back in the chair and he's looking at this bunny and slowly the door to the basement behind him starts to open yeah. and the bunny starts to drum and he is still just sitting there like what the fuck? And gets a weird feeling, spins around, sees that the door is open mm -hmm. which he what he knew wasn't open before because he looked at it and saw it was closed. Yeah. So he calls out to Olga because, you know, thinking that Olga's the only person who could have done that. She's not around. So he goes to start a fire and that's when he meets Olga, who's not in a fit for the first time. Because she steps into the room with a full-on crossbow. Yeah. What I liked about this movie is it takes these unexpected turns. You think it's going to be one kind of movie and then suddenly Olga has a crossbow. Right. <laughs> Until this point, we've just seen her catatonic and sitting on the floor. And the next time we see her, she's fully got a crossbow. And she walks into the room and tells him, you know, oh, you can't light a fire in that. And she says that her mom found birds living in the chimney. So she had it closed off because she didn't want to disturb the birds. And the room will fill with smoke if he starts a fire. So they kind of, he just, he's got to be cold, I guess. Yeah. So here we learn a lot more about Olga's family. What Barrett had told Isaac was that. Her dad had committed suicide in the basement because he was super claustrophobic and he got locked down there and he killed himself because he couldn't stand being in an enclosed space mm -hmm. and that her mom was missing. Olga comes out to say that, you know, her mother was mad and used to lock her dad in the harness because she thought it was funny. And one time, oh, man, <laughs> one time she did it. And oh, that shot where he's trying to wrestle the key from her, the flashback kind of scene where he's trying to wrestle the key from her and she swallows it and then just that face she makes and points at her mouth oh. <laughs> <sighs> yeah the family stuff around this i kind of feel like you could have a whole prequel about oh this, easy about this movie just the dynamics of this family and whatever the hell is going on here yeah so and i mean it's funny because everything she says leading up to that story makes her mom almost sound like a really pleasant lady, you know, because right. she's always like, oh, she closed up the chimney because she didn't want to disturb the birds. And my father and my uncle used to hunt foxes until my mom made them stop. Right. You know, and so it starts out making her sound like a lovely woman. And then immediately she's like, and then she used to lock him in this harness because she knew that it drove him. It made him so scared. And she thought that was funny. And then she swallowed the key. And we're like, oh, okay. And, you know, she says that her mother was mad and, you know, we get the scene where she's just drawn circles, you know, as as people do in horror movies. But, she, you know, the way she tells it is that her her dad got locked in the basement and 
killed himself with that crossbow because Easy. he couldn't stand being down there, which is seems like just the worst way. Huge margin of error, it seems. Right. You know? Yeah. It could go so, so wrong. Yeah, and it's like, oh, so badly. Which, I mean, we see later it did slightly go super badly. Yes, it did. So, after having kind of talked to Olga, Isaac ends up locking her in his room because he doesn't trust her. He's walking around with a crossbow, telling these really awful stories about her family. And he finds out that she's got a phone in her room, and it's the only phone in the house, but he can't go into her room because Jane won't let him, but he finds out that there's an adjacent closet Mm -hmm. with some sort of ventilation grill in it of some sort, but he pops it out, gets the phone, calls Barrett. No. I skipped over. Oh, right. He goes and explores the basement He takes the bunny. He takes the bunny, takes him on a little tour of the basement. Yes. Where he finds the hole cut in the wall. Oh, it's so creepy when he looks through the goddamn wall. Looks through the the wall, finds Olga's mom, who has a crossbow shaft in her chest and a key around her neck. Mm -hmm. So at this point, Isaac locks Olga in her room. Pops out the the vent or the little grill or whatever so he can get to the phone and calls Barrett. Basically, he just tells Barrett, you know, I found Olga's mom in the wall. You need to come out here. This is crazy. And Barrett's just doing the already shitty thing of like, you didn't, uh, you didn't call the police by any chance, did you? You didn't call anyone else. I'm the only one. I'm the only one you call, right? Like just uh, <laughs> which is kind of a red flag, dude. <laughs> Let's use our our you know critical thinking and listening skills. Yeah, context clues, man. The normal person would have been like, oh my god, did you call the cops? Not in like, you, you didn't, though, right? It would be like, did she, uh, I, I should not be the first call that you made. This is going to be on the call log that I'm the first call you made. Right, right, right. You know? Mm. So he basically, Barrett just tells him, don't do anything. Just stay there. I'll be there soon. Okay, so I think he goes back down in the basement. He's trying to just pull the chain out of the floor, right? Because right. now he's desperate to get out, right? Yes. And he's seen the key on her desk, but... He can't get to it. So he's trying to pull the chain out of the floor when she comes on over the intercom and is like, oh, I'm stuck in my room. And he's kind of like, yeah, you are. That's that's true. And he's <laughs> kind of in this panicky of like, fuck, I don't, what did I fucking agree to? And eventually he goes back upstairs and he's going to try to get the key off of her desk by popping out that screen and reaching his hand through. Mm-hmm. And in what is honestly another, not one of those moments that made me go, oh God, but in a moment that was like, oh, that is really creepy. The way she's just standing next to the desk and watching yes. him. Yes, that's what I'm saying. This movie uses quiet and stillness to the best effect. Yeah. It's not like a big smash cut to her standing there or the loud sort of uh, jump scare noise. It just, the camera just moves back and she's just quietly staring down at his hand, his vulnerable hand. We've seen him slowly put it through. So you're already like, oh, fuck, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And we cut to the other side. And there she is just staring down just at Just watching it. him. Oh! Just watching him. Until enough of his arm is through the hole. And then she grabs him and snaps one of his fingers and lets him go. Yeah. This movie is a masterclass in using restraint to really elevate the tension. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's almost like, I mean, she breaks his finger. You get the idea. But it's so, again, almost quietly done that you're just like, wait, what it? Did I? Did what just happened? Did what I think just happened happen? And then even so many crooked ass fucking finger. Oh! And so many times when Isaac gets injured in this movie, it's not screams and agonizing wailings. It's just right. You know, even his pain sounds are are you know very controlled and very played down. I do want to mention in case I forget, 
I do like how the next scene is him resetting his own finger, but yes. for the rest of the movie, that finger never bends. Oh, really? So like, yeah, so there are times, spoiler, we're going to get there, but when he's cutting the crossbow bolt out of his thigh, mm. and if you watched when he grabs it, that one finger stays straight while the rest of them <gasps> curl around the shaft. See, that's just good attention to detail. Yeah, and I, that's why I wanted to bring it up, because I really appreciate that they did that, and I was afraid I was going to forget. But I thought that was a really interesting and really good attention to detail that for the rest of the movie, he doesn't use that finger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, so many movies in general, people get injuries and then later <sighs> totally using that limb or they're like, oh my God, my ankle. And then they're just sprinting later. Yeah. And I understand in real life, yeah, some some amount of adrenaline would probably allow you to accomplish that. But. But I appreciate still. the realism. Right. Yeah. I Yeah. So he kind of crawls his way back to a room resets his finger, and that's when he uncovers a newspaper article about her missing, Olga's missing mother, and that's when he sees the key around Olga's mother's neck in the photo and remembers, oh, hey, I know where that lady is. Mm-hmm. She's still got a key. So he goes back down to the basement, gets the key, unlocks himself, and the lights go out in the basement. Now, this is not the creepiest lights go out in the basement scene, but you're just expecting so much that it's almost still, it's still tense, you know, and mm-hmm. it is him just kind of wandering around in the basement trying to find a way out but of course when he does the boat's gone because like we said boat math <laughs> do the boat math people before, the boat you, math. before you go to the island do the boat math that's the lesson that's the takeaway from this movie do the boat math well i mean to the point where you shouldn't even have gone and looked for the boat clearly it's not going to be there barrett's not on the island no so neither is the boat no boat math boat, boat math, math. <laughs> it's not even a lot of boat math it's one Minus one. <laughs> I feel like even no with boat. your head injury, Isaac, you got this. Right. <laughs> so he kind of accepts that he's not getting off the island. He goes back into the house. And again, we've seen her having a fit several times. Yes. But something about her sitting on the table with her mouth yes. hanging open in the dark. With her eye, the, the hands over her eyes. Yeah. She almost looks, yeah, I mean, she, I'm trying to think of what it is that she looks like. There's something, it's peeing my brain. It, she looks to me almost like the eyeball monster from Pan's Labyrinth. Yes, that's it. That's it. Good call. I mean, it's not as viscerally gross, but something about that posture and the mouth hanging open and just, oh, yeah. It's so uncanny. And so right away that just sort of does something on like a you know lizard brain level, but also that she could wake up at any moment. Yeah. There's something, there's implied violence or implied danger there. And there's something to me that reads as, because she's got almost a look of horror on her face and she's covering her eyes to not see whatever has just horrified her, it almost seems like like she's getting scared into these bits. Yes. She's seen something that is so upsetting, so horrifying, and so terrifying that she's going into these catatonic states in order to escape it. Yes. Because it's not like she just falls asleep or is found just staring at, up at the ceiling or something. Every time... It's her hands covering her eyes and her mouth hanging open and her nose bleeding. Yes. Something about it feels like it's terror-based. That's a really good point. And that makes it scarier because then it's like, well, what the fuck just left the room that did that to her? <laughs> Jesus. Right. right. I think it, it, it plays on that same part of your brain that just gets startled. It's doing threat as analysis, right? And so when right. she's like that and it surprises you, it's the surprise plus your brain just doing threat analysis going like this. She's showing exhibiting signs of danger yeah what is it that i need to also be worried about at this point and this is what i mean these quiet the the use of stillness and quiet to really actually crank up the the scares 
Yeah. Because, I mean, I, I actually, I was going to say, there's nothing really visually, hor- but there is visually horrifying stuff in this. I don't know why I completely skipped over so many <laughs> visually horrifying things in this movie. Maybe because the like, visually horrifying things are not even necessarily the scariest things that happen in this movie. Because it, it really is psychological. It feels a little bit like nightmare logic, especially later when they're changing places and people, different people are in the harness and all that kind of stuff set in what looks almost like an oversized dilapidated dollhouse. Yeah. Because even the house itself, it doesn't feel like a set. It just doesn't also, it also doesn't feel like a house. It doesn't feel like a real house. Because it it does have that feeling of, you look at, you know, all the, the tree branches coming through the walls and all of the chipping, you know, plaster and everything but if you even try to put all the furniture that's still in there into a house that's not dilapidated it still looks like a set yeah so it still has this really just surreal kind of what is real and what isn't i think kind of feel to it both the aesthetic of the bunny and the house looks like one of those creepy stop action movies yeah they're live action but they almost could be puppets inside this house yeah so Isaac decides to capitalize on this moment, and he puts Olga in the harness. He takes the key from her desk. Now he has both keys, and Olga's in the harness. And then he holes up in her room because it's the only room that she can't get to because of the chain. Also, he finally has access to a bathroom. Poor guy. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that poor guy. I know it was only a day or two, but still. How sad would you be if you couldn't go into a bathroom for Three days, two, three days. So the other thing is, when they were doing production, he was actually chained to something. Really? The director would just tell him, go as far as you can on the chain. Oh my god. And so he was like, we were, you know, we'd have to remember when we were taking a break, oh, somebody has to go unhook the actor. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so I get, so there is that scene where Isaac find, does confront Olga and is like, hey, I called your uncle. Uh, found your mom at a wall. <laughs> uh, don't know what you want to do with that information and she's like kind of basically she's like yeah i know my dad and my uncle did it but i didn't want my dad to be known as the guy who shot his wife and hit her in a wall so just never said anything and so while this information is kind of sinking into isaac something distracts him at the end of the hallway and we get another one of those really long shots at the end of the hallway because something something's made a noise you know but when he mm-hmm. turns back around olga is wearing this red jacket and she tells him that it's his and that he left it the last time he was here. And he's like, I, that's, nope, never been here before. That's not possible. Olga finally tells him that he had been there before. He knows her uncle and that he killed her father. Isaac killed her father. Mm-hmm. And that's the last time he was here and he left the jacket. And Isaac's just like, nope, wouldn't do that. I'd remember that. And she's kind of like, well, you don't remember anything. So, you know. Could have done that. So Isaac has Olga call Barrett, puts him on speaker, and is like, hey, Olga thinks that I killed her dad, but I didn't do that, right? And that's when Barrett's like, yeah, actually, you did. <laughs> yep, twist. Yeah, yeah, you did, actually. So Isaac's dealing with that realization. Yes. So Olga's in the harness. Isaac is holed up in her room, but she... Somehow the power gets cut and she's got a headlamp and she comes in with a fire poker or something to snatch the crossbow back from Isaac when he's not looking. And 
she tries to shoot him. All she does is graze his ear, but, you know, he's like, fuck it, I'll just hide in the bathroom. She's right. had in, and I do, I fucking love that scene where she's resetting the crossbow and she's pulling so slowly and looking up at him and back down and then up at him and then back down. Just like, you're like, not. Isaac, go, go, go. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know why I loved that scene. It was almost funny just yeah. to watch her being like, nope, I'm going to, you just hang on. Just stay right there. I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you with the next one. Just hang on. Give me, give me a minute. Give me a quick minute. I'll be, you know, while she's resetting <laughs> this crossbow. <laughs> But Isaac holds up in the bathroom and he's waiting for her to go away. And when he thinks enough time has passed and steps out of the bathroom and she's not in the hallway, the door is open. So he's like, oh, great. I'm safe. And then why would you leave the bathroom? I mean, I don't know. So he slams the door and he's conveniently standing just in the right spot for Olga to shoot him in the thigh through the hole where he'd been trying to get the key and reaching for the phone and things. There's a repeating motif throughout this. It's all about these holes. And I don't know exactly what that means. Like, there's a hole in his memory. There's all these holes that things are discovered through or reached through. And then the mother draws those circles. Yeah. I I don't know what it's all about, but it does appear to be some kind of motif that I've been trying to kind of mentally unpack, but I haven't been able to get there. So if you have thoughts, lay them on me. I mean, my only thoughts are that I also noticed the reoccurring theme, but I have no idea what it means. Okay, fair enough. We'll leave it to somebody who's better at that. that So basically, I'm good at matching, bad at interpretation. (laughs) (laughs) If this were a matching contest, oh, please. Oh, nailed it. We would fucking break the internet. Hands down. (laughs) You know who's good at shapes? This girl. Yeah, you are. (laughs) That's a circle, my friend. And that is also a circle. (laughs) Dose circles, amigo. (laughs) Okay, sorry, I sidetracked this with my foil hatting, as I usually do. (laughs) So Isaac kind of crawls his way into the bathroom while Olga's trying to reset her crossbow. And while in the bathroom, he kind of passes out. And that's when we start getting flashback stuff about what actually happened. We're a much cleaner cut, much more showered Isaac. Wearing that red jacket that Olga had been keeping in her closet is talking to Barrett and Barrett is explaining that basically Olga's dad is having some sort of breakdown and Barrett's saying like, oh, he knows things about me that I don't need him to know. So all you're going to do is you're going to go to the house, you're going to lock him in the basement and then you're going to leave and then I'm going to pay you money. And then he'll get so freaked out because of his claustrophobia that he'll kill himself and then we'll be done with it. And the thing that Barrett is talking about that Olga's dad knows is that they killed her mom. Right. Right. So. It hit her in a wall. And he's thinking that Olga's dad's going to have some sort of break and confess or tell on him or whatever. And so he's trying to get, you know, Olga's dad. He's trying to get Olga's dad murdered, but he doesn't have the guts to do it. So Isaac agrees where all he has to do is go to this house, wait for the dad to go into the basement and then lock the door. Isaac goes to the house and there's no one there. So he's just waiting, at which point we see him take off the jacket, which he subsequently leaves. And... You know, there's no one there, and he starts to have second thoughts, so he writes down Mo Barrett wants you dead. But just as he finishes that sentence, he starts hearing cries and screams and things, which draws him to the basement, which is, I guess, the only twist in this movie, already locked. Yep. But he unlocks it, goes down into the basement, it's another one of those creepy basement searching scenes, and gets an actual horrifying shot of Olga's dead with, like I said, high margin of error. Crossbow <laughs> bolt just threw yeah. his, his face. 
Yeah, the the crossbolt was a tactical error. <laughs> Don't do it. Yeah, Don't do it. Don't poor do choice. It. He is still alive at the time, though having a really awful time of it, it seems. Isaac flees. And what we get next is Isaac in his apartment trying to drink away the memory of Olga's father in the basement because that's kind of everything. Every time he closes his eyes, that's what he sees kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Barrett shows up and it's apparently been two days. And Isaac's like, you know, where have you been? I've been calling. And Barrett's like, oh, I've been trying to clean up. You know, he's going over. Oh, I had to call the cops. I had to explain what happened. I had to deal with, you know, getting funeral arrangements. I have to deal with Olga. I have to, you know, and then he pulls out the note that Isaac left and he's like, and, you know, what the fuck is this? What would this have looked like if the police had found it? Were you trying to warn him? And Isaac's kind of like, he had second thoughts about this whole thing. And even though not really knowing Olga's dad, he was having second thoughts about the situation and was trying to warn him. The whole story up until this point was that Barrett was having second thoughts and was going to tell Isaac not to go there and do this. But Isaac tells him, like, well, then who locked the door? Right. And Barrett's like, what do you mean? I probably just the wind blew it closed. And Isaac was like, there was a key. He had to turn a key. Who turned the key? Mm. And Barrett is pretty much just pretty dismissive of it and leaves. Gives him the money and leaves. But not for too long because later Isaac is just falling down drunk on his balcony. And uh, I know this is one of those weird nitpicky things. Okay. Barrett is now sneaking up on Isaac when what we'll find out is the plan to throw him over the balcony and hopefully kill him. But he's sneaking across the room in his socks in that one sock that had the holes in the toe. Ooh. Something about it was so creepy. And it's just one of those little detail things. Or hopefully it wasn't that the actor just showed up with holy socks and they're like, you're going to have to wear your own socks. It's like, ah, shit. I wore my bad socks today. <laughs> and that's just what ended up in the movie. I'm hoping it was on purpose because it was so creepy and weird. Just a weird detail that it made it more uncomfortable. Uh -huh. But I, it was one of those detail things. I was like, that's interesting. And I like that. That's... You know, I appreciate the, the little choices, unless it wasn't a choice and it was an accident. But I'm going to choose choice. I mean, again, holes. That's all I'm going to say. Oh. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Conspiracy theory confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> so Barrett throws Isaac over the balcony, but it doesn't kill him. It's just what we now find out is the cause of Isaac's memory loss. Isaac wakes up in the bathroom with a crossbow bolt still through his leg. Yep. And this is the scene I was talking about where yep. he finds, for some reason, clippers and does the thing where he has to clip the end off and pull the bolt out, and it sucks. But this is, you know, that scene what, that I was talking about where the finger that he broke previously stays straight, mm -hmm. and I like that attention to detail. But he is trapped in the bathroom because he knows Olga's out there with a crossbow. That's when he discovers a crawl space. And that's when some of the creepiest stuff starts happening. Yes. Some of the creepiest visuals. Yes. So he decides to escape through this crawl space. It's one of those things when he first finds it, you're kind of like, oh my gosh, it's a secret passageway. And then when he's going through and he's just squeezing through past all the wiring and all the pipes and stuff, you're like, oh, no, 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 no. This is just actually a crawl space. Gotcha. But he's crawling through this cross crawl space. He's just kind of just dragging himself along. And he looks ahead and Olga's mom is just peering over the edge of a of a drop in the crawl space it was one of those things where we saw her just long enough and just enough of her that it wasn't like normally in those movies it's real fast and just a, a quick glimpse but this lingered kind of you know mm -hmm. she still drops out of frame but you still get a good look at her and it's like oh you know it's one of those things that we've talked about before like the monster that's not afraid to be seen is scarier than the one that is yes the length of time that we saw her and how much we saw of her was longer than what i was expecting and that made it even more unnerving uh -huh. That made it even scarier. 
and so uncomfortable. And even his reaction, where he doesn't scream, he doesn't start going, oh my god, oh my god, he just, ah! Ah! <laughs> and it's that kind of fear where your brain shuts down momentarily, uh-huh. where it's like, too much, too much, yes. we're just gonna, we're shutting down, we can't do this, we can't do this, we can't do this. And he's just kind of frozen in horror, And but, you know, he's gotta keep going. So he keeps going, and where does this crossbase end up in none other than the spot where olga's mom's body is and this is the second thing that i told you later on something happens that gives me the creeps and it is the scene with this freaking hat yeah (gasps) i knew it i knew it (laughs) i i knew something was gonna happen but somehow but i wasn't didn't think it was gonna be that and so it just it did something to my brain i don't know but it genuinely <laughs> gave me chills which is, is such a rare experience i was so delighted yeah so so isaac is in this space with olga's mom's body he's super uncomfortable but he, you know he sees the hole that he originally saw the body through he knows there's a knife on the other side so he reaches out get the gets the knife and he's starting to saw his way through slowly but everyone's like he has to stop and look back at olga's mom because he doesn't like her sitting there watching him and then he's like no just get through the work get through the work and he looks again and finally he takes his hat off and puts it over her head so she can't watch him and starts sawing through again but when he looks back again at her there's a hole in the hat and it's just her eye and i see and again this thing where he's saying that whatever this is is so stealthy i feel like in other movies what we would have heard is the cloth ripping or something and that's what would have drawn his attention to it but instead we heard nothing there was no sound, and all of a sudden there's just this gaping hole in her eye watching him through it. And oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. It's so creepy. It's so creepy. So creepy. It really but there's something about that soul eye through the yeah, through the hole. I don't know. Ugh. And for me, it's because there wasn't again, there wasn't a sound associated with that hole being created. It was just all of a sudden there. Just all of a sudden there. And I I don't know. Ugh. But before Isaac can get through the wall, Olga shows up in the basement and she's there for the arrow that's in her mom's chest because she ran out of crossbow bolts. And this is the only one she could think of. So she reaches through and takes the crossbow bolt out and she's loading her crossbow and Barrett shows up. And they have a conversation about how this was, I guess he was trying to lure Isaac back to the island. I don't know. You know, and Olga's kind of in the know on the whole thing and Barrett is proven to be the villain he's doing this whole he's talking down to her about like maybe your mom was right you can't do anything and all this stuff and she doesn't know where he is now and she's he's got both the keys so she can't get out of the harness but the whole time Isaac's in the wall Barrett kneels down by the hole to look inside and he sees Isaac but before he says anything Olga shoots him with the crossbow and then runs away so Barrett goes back to the hole and he's talking to Isaac and he's like, come on. And he's trying to win Isaac back over onto his side. So he's like, come on, you know, we can take her. We can, we, she's, you know, she's trapped. We can take her. We can do this. Just come out of the hole. I come out of the wall, you know, and Isaac's kind of half considering it. And Barrett's trying to talk him into being on his side again, even though he clearly was just caught plotting against him. And then the knife starts to move to saw through the wall. And Barrett looks like, ah, perfect. But then he raises that little tiny log and he's like, oh, he's going to just bash him over the head as soon as he gets out. So he's just like triple asshole at this point. Mm -hmm. But before the sign can finish with the wall, Isaac comes on in the intercom and he's like, Barrett, I got out. And something about that moment is so goosebumps. 
Because that's when Barrett's also realizing, who the fuck is sawing through this wall? Mm-hmm. And just as he makes that realiza- realization, the sign starts speeding up, and he's like, fuck! Right? So he's trying to get out of the basement, and this is the other really, really super creepy scene that got me, where, you know, he's trying to get out of the scary, dark basement, he's injured, he's realizing that there's someone else in this basement who shouldn't be, and then when he, it's that shot where he shines his light on the corner, and then she just so slowly peers out around it. It's not like, oh, he's, he turns his flashlight and catches a glimpse of her, and then the flash drops his flashlight in fear. It stays there for so long, illuminating that corner. And then she just slowly appears on the other side. It's just like, what up, buddy? Like, see you again. Yeah, I wasn't expecting oh. this to ultimately be a little bit of a revenge movie. The ghost locked the husband in the basement, right? Yeah, I mean, the ghost, it was the ghost of a woman who wasn't guilt-free either. She was, a, you know, cruel and crazy. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, we've got, I don't know how reliable a narrator Olga is. Oh, I guess that's true. But so she got the two men that murdered her, essentially, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of great. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, going into this, I wasn't even sure if I believed it was going to be an actual ghost story. Right. And and mostly because it's so obviously a ghost from the beginning that I was like, it can't possibly actually end up being a ghost. Except for it was like, no, ghost the whole time. What did I, I told you, ghost. Right. Why, why why did you think not ghost? You said ghost. I just appreciated that this was such a fresh take on a haunted house, too. Yeah. It did none of the usual haunted house things. And it even the things that... I feel like we've seen, you know, at least versions of it and everything. It did in such a different way that it didn't feel that's, like yeah, the that's same probably thing. more accurate. Because I guess there are creepy doors opening and closing, but they're, they're it's I don't know. It's just the execution is so different that it feels yeah. fresh. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I agree. So Isaac is escaping the house via crawl spaces. Olga is still in the harness because Isaac has both the keys, and she. You know, she eventually wanders to the door where Isaac had discovered the dog, and she's standing in the doorway, and Isaac is releasing the poor dog, who finally gets to be not tied down to the ground outside. Yes! And he, we end with him and Olga kind of locking eyes as he's freeing the dog. Mm -hmm. That's caveat. That's caveat. And she has the crossbow, right? And she chooses not to shoot Yeah, but she doesn't have any arrows left. Oh, is she out of arrows? Yeah, because remember she had she. That's why she pulled it out of pulled the arrow out of her mom because it was the only one she could. She knew where it was, and then she shot it into Barrett. So she was out of. I thought she had one left. Oh well, because I was thinking it was kind of this moment where she saw him setting the dog free, because the dog was trapped outside, tied up. It was sort of symbolic of what was happening inside this neglected, innocent dog that was kind of Olga in all of this. Yeah. And then so she saw him doing this act of kindness and re- maybe recognizing the things that her father or her uncle said about him were not true. I mean, very well. She could easily have still had one left, but I thought that's what I, I, I thought mean, it I, meant listen, when she took. Do you, if you had a cross bolt to my head, I would not be able to answer this question. <laughs> <laughs> that was my interpretation, but I don't know that I was doing the cross bolt math correctly. So, well, only because that's the only reason I could think of that she would take the crossbow out of her mom's body was because that was the only one no no, no. She... i i thought she pulled two out of her mom that's what i was yeah oh i thought i saw her pull two out 
But you know, to be honest, I was watching it pretty late last night, so I am I am also an unreliable narrator. So you <laughs> could very well be correct. <laughs> well, we'll never know. I like your version of the ending better. Okay. All right. Well, then it'll be our our fanfic if it's incorrect. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So caveat: What did you think? And would you recommend? I would recommend. I I really like this movie. Like we said a couple of times, it takes a lot to really creep me out scare me unnerve me and this one did it just visuals because it was things that i hadn't seen before it was maybe in theme like if you describe it it sounds like something that we've seen in other movies but the execution or the delivery or something Mm -hmm. was different enough that it completely unnerved me i was not expecting Mm -hmm. at all and was super creepy and like i said there were several times where i just went oh god yeah it actually scared me Mm -hmm. you know and that, it's been a while since I've watched something that really, truly did that. I mean, I've watched some things that hours later when I'm lying in the dark and I'm about to fall asleep. And I'm yeah, like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, but that's different, you know. But in the moment of being scared in the moment that I'm seeing something, yeah. has it's been a long time. Yeah, I totally know what you mean. Sometimes I, I think that movies hold those really long static shots or really long panning shots and you're like, oh, God jump up your own ass look how talented i am i'm taking the risk of holding this shot for 40 seconds and you're just like no you're doing it to show off but this i don't know something about the way they did it here was really just like but if you were in this house this creepy ass house with this you know scary crossbow girl and you heard a sound that's probably how long you would stand there being like what was that mm-hmm. do i move do i wait what was there i think i heard you know i don't know something about it it just, I get, I get, I just, I can't really put my finger on it, but I think it's just delivery and execution of yes. these things that we maybe have experienced before, but not in this exact way. And it made it so effectively scary. Yeah, I do think I, I, when I w- sit down to watch a scary movie, I'm like, oh, you know, I, I'm looking for something that has a few little chills and thrills. And my expectations are extremely low in terms of whether or not something is going to scare me. I can get a little creepy vibe like oh that's a creepy idea it's kind of the equivalent of you know there's some comedies that make you laugh out loud and then there are other comedies that that you don't laugh out loud but you appreciate the joke i feel like i've reached a place with horror movies where i appreciate the scare but i don't necessarily always feel it and this one actually gave me a couple moments of feeling it so that was like i said an unexpected treat uh, and definitely took this movie to another level But what I think is really great about it also is how it really plays with your perceptions. And I didn't see each plot beat coming. And there were a few times where I thought, oh, I've solved this movie only to have a shift in perspective where you're like, oh, wait a minute. No, no, no. That's actually not what's happening here. And I appreciated that as well. For instance, you think, oh, this guy is a killer. He's a stone cold killer. He's going to kind of get what he deserves here. And then you see that he actually went to go warn the guy, this guy's trying to kill you. And so the person that he thinks he is, when he's like, I would never do that, you think, oh, sure, you just don't know who you really were before. But he actually did know who he was. And so that's what I'm saying, where there are just sort of these plot and character beats that's caught me by surprise. Like when it turns into this very, almost like, what is it? What do they call it? Like a low speed chase? Oh, yeah. But of cat and mouse, right? Where there's a lot of them facing off and having this sort of quiet cat and mouse that's happening because one of them is tied up and the other one is trapped 
And so there's no movement there, but there still manages to be a lot of tension in what's going to happen next because it, it becomes sort of like a mental game between the two of them. And that I was not expecting from this movie. Well, we get that, oh, well, Olga's in the harness, but she's also the one with the only weapon. Yeah, she's still you know? the one that's in control. That's yeah. the crazy thing is he gets off the harness. He can't leave the, the island. And so he, he does all of these things to, you know, upend the pow balance of power. Like lock her in her room. She gets out. Puts her in the harness. Doesn't matter. She still is in the power position in this. Even though he's physically stronger than her. There's lots of yeah. ways that on paper he should be the person who has all the power in this dynamic. But she, he never quite is able to upend the power dynamic until her mother steps in and opens that secret passage into the, the basement, which is all part of her plan to lure everybody down to the basement. You know, she's got her own agenda, but yeah, but still it's just, I don't know. It, it really surprised me in a lot of ways and it's just so atmospheric and eerie and you're always kind of put off balance by the setting and the aesthetic choices. The design of the bunny itself, I think, is actually super representative of what the entire vibe of the movie is. So that it started off as the inspiration for this makes perfect sense because you can see it kind of throughout the entire movie. You can you can see how that inspired different ideas or, or the aesthetics of the movie. I don't know. I thought yeah, it was cool. Uh, this movie was good. I mean, my only criticism. Yeah, yeah. Let's hear some criticism. Not enough drummer bunnies. <laughs> you know what? This movie has a handful of tricks and it never overdoes them. Yeah, but here's the thing. We start out where Bunny Drummer is such a pivotal piece mm -hmm. in the way the mother's communicating. Yes. You know? And then it just kind of drops off and we never see Bunny Drummer again. Well, I think and I miss the him. drummer is actually, it's not, I thought it was the mother haunting the bunny. Did you think that's you? Yeah. I read, okay, so in an interview, what it is is it's a ghost detector. Oh. So what it's doing is anytime there's ghost activity, it drums. See, that also makes sense to me because she was using it like a divining rod. Exactly. Because like, I kept, I, my thing was I was having trouble tracking what the motivation of the bunny was. And then once I understood that it was just a barometer of ghost activity, I was like, okay, it's not picking sides. It's just acting up whenever a ghost is present. And that's why you have the thing where it was drumming and then he turned around and there was something quietly slipping back around the corner. It's because there was spooky doings afoot. Yeah, but I still wanted more bunny. Oh, no, I support your more bunny. I support that. It was more just making me think about how it never un overused any of the other things. That, like, we didn't return back to the picture. Yeah, and kill that glad. And kill that scare. Yeah. You didn't. Yeah. Every, it only used things once or twice. The bunny, I agree. More bunny would be more bunny. That'd be great. But everything yeah. else, I kind of appreciated how sparingly it used it. Yeah, well. And it's not like, you know, we got the one shot where the ghost lifts the chain and yeah. kind of tugs it a little. But it's not like that was a, a continuing nope. thing. One time. Yeah, just the one. And it was terrifying. Right. But it wasn't, it didn't feel at some point we're like, okay, I get it. So the ghost is going to pull him by the chain again or something. And it wasn't that overdone that I would have expected where it was dragging him down hallways no. or something. It's it was just that gent. It didn't even pull him out of his chair. Mm -mm. It just kind of was enough to make him feel like, oh, there's someone there. And it startled him, you know, but it wasn't enough to actually be violent. And then the fact that the chain didn't crash down onto the ground and then he turns around and it's still just lying where it was before, right. you know, is scarier than yes. if it had been 
you know, throwing him against the wall or pulling him down or, you know, or dragging him down a hallway or something. It was scarier that it was just a little, like, just wanted to let you know I'm here. Yes. Kind of thing. Ironically, Ooh. showing a lot of restraint. But also, yeah. no diminishing returns. You're not like, well, the second or third time it didn't really hit that hard because they don't return to the well. I really like it. Me too. I like this movie. Me too. All right. So I would recommend this to pretty easily to anybody. How about you? Yeah. Yeah. Easily. All right. So now if you're going to watch this a third time, what would you pair with it as a beverage? So, I mean, my favorite things aside from Bunny Drummer, who was <laughs> by far the standout for, in this movie indeed, for me. Indeed, indeed. Star. Star of the show. It's just, I mean, so underutilized. Yes, yes. I would love to see an Annabelle-style movie, but just about Bunny Drummer. I'd watch that. Where we get the history of Bunny Drummer. <gasps> but anyway, aside from Bunny Drummer, what stands out the most to me about this movie is just you know, taking things that we're used to seeing and presenting them in such a new way that it feels new and kind of unnerving but yeah but in a good way but in a way that i enjoy and so i don't know i don't know these are things that just kind of came to mind okay but if i were to watch this a third time and i was any sort of a mixologist okay i would drink this with a dark and stormy but instead of rum Irish whiskey. Ooh, that sounds so good. And I know this movie is not stormy and it's pretty dark, but it's not. But I mean, again, it's one of those things where we'd expect haunted house movie. Yeah. There's a thunderstorm. Right. 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 And we right, didn't right. do that. And yet it's not until the end that you're like, everything was so calm. Everything about this movie was so calm, but it didn't feel calm. Right. Everything under the surface was dark and stormy. Yeah. Maybe not, there was not a dark and stormy literal, but in terms of the spirit of this movie, I feel like dark and stormy makes perfect sense. Plus, yeah. it's made with ginger ale, so it goes perfectly with Isaac's ginger beard. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and now I really want one, so thanks. I do too now. <laughs> Can I make one with, with, I don't have any Irish whiskey. Can I make one with some bourbon? Because I do have bourbon. You know what? I gave you full license to make one with bourbon. Yes. <laughs> awesome that was a good one i like that one very inspired all right I'll cool so we don't have any listener feedback this time although there was a little you know i should probably share this part of it with you just so we can get your little your little feedback on this so one of our listeners one of our wonderful longtime listeners doug who you may recall because he is Aww, doug. Yes, he's always coming through with ideas for us right so this one is directed to all of us, and I'm going to read the majority of it on the Zombie Girls, but I want to read the part that applies to you. And basically what he is doing is he's coming up with side hustles for us. <laughs> if, right. we wanna, if we want to monetize our vibe here. And I'm going to skip most of these. I will read the first portion of this. I'll read the whole thing on the Zombie Girls, but I want to get to your part of it. So, okay. So this was after he had listened to an episode of More Deadly, where we reviewed The Stylist, which is about this woman who, is, she's a stylist, but she's also kind of a serial killer. Anyway, so he said, okay, so you and Ariel were joking around on the More Deadly po episode about Ariel setting up an OnlyFans account to appeal to fanatical foot fans. Sorry, this is, that is a thing that we talked about. 
Well, this is a bit of a hu- bit of humor. Gave me an idea of just how everybody at Zombie Girls headquarters can make a cool bazillion real dollars. Now, listen. Anytime somebody wants to pitch me on a bazillion dollar deal, I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna listen. <laughs> I mean, I'll give it. I'll give it. I'll give it five minutes. Right. So he <laughs> he is suggesting that we all have our own channels. So I'm sorry, but it starts with Ariel's Foot Palooza channel. <laughs> Great. Film the footage of Ariel's lovely toes and soles in a variety of settings, from nail painting and pampering to walking around the neighborhood. 100% solid moneymaker. I mean, that's a classic. You will not be subscribing, but there is an audience out there for that. Yeah, I know. I begrudgingly admit there is an audience for that. So here's the problem, though. Your channel... <laughs> is the Mars Reactions channel. (laughs) (laughs) A reaction channel where Mars reacts in horror to each new aerial video, cringing at the screen. Double the profits. But wait, there's more. And then he goes into everybody else's channels. So, Mars, what do you say? Are you ready to make a bazillion dollars? My body temperature just rose <laughs> exponentially <laughs> i mean this- you know what i'll just i'll just die poor i'll die poor <laughs> That's fine. i mean you'll die poor or you'll die soon because you're having to watch some foot videos yeah I'm just- either yeah, way right? death is inevitable we are all spinning off into entropy <laughs> This is just like that. Would you rather know when you're going to die or how you're going to die? I'm like, well, now I know both and I just got to pick. <laughs> oh, my God. My face is actually hurting. Oh, <laughs> I'm smiling so hard that my cheeks are hurting. Oh, oh I got to do some cheek calisthenics. Maybe that can be another channel. So thank you, Doug. I will take your ideas to all the gals of the Zombie Girls when we record this weekend. I think so far... If we're a democracy, you have one vote, nay. Here's a question, though. Is there a price point in which you'd be like, it's worth the psychological trauma to... Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. I'm human. <laughs> there goes them principles. <laughs> I mean, I have I have principles, but I can be bought. Oh wait, there is actually another channel here that applies to you, and that's Matilda's Academy channel. Matilda could put on her psychologist glasses and talk uh, about the unconscious meaning and societal implications that occur in the heady mix between Ariel's sweetness and Mars's unyielding foot terror. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Doug is so funny. He is really funny. But here's the thing is we need to get these channels started so we can fund our road movie with Bigfoot Haley Joel Osment. Oh yeah. <laughs> who wears shoes though? Who wears shoes? I mean the foot bud the shoe budget alone, I think we're gonna need to start these channels. <laughs> oh god. I mean they're all gonna have to be special ordered. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So if, like Doug, you want to drop us a line, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at rachel at zombiegirls.com, or you can come chat with us over on the Zombie Girls Facebook group. If you like the show, do us a solid. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you get your podcasts. It actually does really help us out, and we would love it if you did it. 
And if you're looking for something spooky to watch tonight, you've already watched Caveat, you don't know what to watch next, well, head over to Zombie Girl's website and check out our video on demand and streaming calendar where we keep track of all the spooky doings that are coming to VOD and streaming. And if you want to, you know, deck yourself out in some sweet new duds, check out our sweet, sweet merch at tpublic.com forward slash zombie dash girls dash podcast. And finally, if you like, if you don't just like us and you love us and you want to, you want some more of us and you want to maybe even hang out with us, you should definitely check out our Patreon, support us there. You get extended episodes of every podcast on the network. This time we are going to be talking, I hope you're ready for all the creepy dolls that people have actually purchased. Not all of them, because that would be like millions, but some highlights of creepy, the, the creepy doll market on eBay and what they go for. You may be surprised. Man, I mean, eBay is really underutilized for all the creepy shit you can buy on there, I feel it's, like. It's, it is a bustling market of creepazoidism. Because, I mean, we did something once on uh, the haunted mystery boxes yeah. and stuff that people bought, or the haunted, haunted shit that they bought on eBay. That's right. I always forget you can buy haunted shit on eBay. Yep. You sure can, and people sure did. So <laughs> we'll get into that. And if you want a sneak peek of what that sounds like, then stay tuned after the music for the first few minutes of our extended episode. The other thing is, is if you join our Patreon, you get to come over onto our Discord, where we literally hang out every day. Lots of really awesome, funny people on there. We have a ton of fun. We do group watches so that you can you can join us and watch the movies with us on Plex. There's all kinds of shenanigans afoot. All sorts of cute pet pics. Tons of cute pet pics. The thing is, is that once you're on there, you're like family. And so we will say all kinds of stuff that we probably want to yeah. on the internet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's a good time. So you should come check it out. So that is it. Except for we need to talk about what we're going to watch for the next episode. So I'm thinking about weeing it and picking something neither of us have seen. Are you down for that? Ooh, yeah. Okay, cool. So this one actually just hit Shutter today. Really? Okay. It's a movie called Vicious Fun. Have you? Oh, I saw the I saw the the little picture for it, and I was like, "Ooh, yes, I want to watch that." But I haven't watched Did it. Did you look at the synopsis? No, I just okay. honestly I just saw the picture and was like, "Yeah, okay." When I saw this, I was like, "I think I'm gonna have to watch this with Mars." This feels like a me and Mars situation. So the synopsis is: a horror film critic, us, hello, finds himself in a sticky situation when he stumbles into a self help group for serial killers. Ooh, right okay yeah 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 so my understanding is that it's pretty funny so fingers crossed <laughs> i didn't think it did <laughs> but yeah so everybody watch vicious fun on shutter before we record again hopefully we'll have some good laughs and if not we'll make fun of it and we'll have good laughs i'm looking forward to it again i literally just saw that last night when i opened it for shutter yep or shutter i opened it for shutter i opened it for caveat uh-huh. And it was on the front page or whatever. And I was like, ooh, you look interesting. I have other obligations tonight, but maybe someday. But so, yeah, yeah. okay, I'm, I'm excited. Okay. I'm really excited. Good, 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 good. All right. So in that case, unless you are sticking around for the extended episode, like where I said, we're going to be talking about haunted dolls and toys that were purchased on the internet. Because, hello, caveat, haunted bunny. You can make the connections. I believe in you. Mars, take us out. Thanks for coming back. In two weeks, we will be talking about vicious fun vicious fun vicious fun (laughs) i definitely said that confidently the first time don't worry about it
watch it on Shutter, and then come back and listen to us talk about it, and it's gonna be experience because neither of us has seen this, so it's gonna be interesting. I can already tell. All right, bye everybody. All right, that's all, folks. <laughs> Night. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening, and to Mars for always being willing to geek out about horror movies with me. Production on this episode was done by yours truly and edited by Ariel Metzman-Rucker. And our theme song for this show is Die Historic by Three Chain Links. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the extended episode. Welcome, pod fam. We're so glad you're here Let's talk about the weird shit people buy on eBay because Oh, I love it so I much. Know. I mean, like honestly, I could I could almost do this every episode because there's so much fucking weird shit on there. Although I still kind of live in fear that like someday that guy, the exorcist guy we were laughing about is gonna track us down. Oh yeah, I forgot about it. I mean it's behind the paywall, so chances are like I don't know if you know if it's a boom in business, the exercise online exercises. So like hopefully he's like not a subscriber to patreon but if you are welcome your family (laughs) (laughs) glad you're here (laughs) okay so the reason i picked this topic obviously is because of the haunted bunny or not haunted bunny but the ghost detector bunny that i thought was haunted till i read that article today um and so i thought like there's got to be shit like that out there right like we touched on that a little bit with the cursed items but like what about specifically haunted toys and uh yeah <laughs> it's a thing <laughs> there's a market Ooh. turns out there's a market <laughs> oh yes it is a it is a a thriving thriving market like i kind of feel like i almost want to go to like you know probably exactly what these people do like go to and like a like a thrift store or whatever and find like some busted ass looking stuff and just put it on ebay be like it's super haunted super I mean, haunted it seems like It'd be a worthwhile side hustle. You know, as long as you're not investing your whole life into doing this. If it was just a thing where, like, on the weekend, you ran out to a thrift store, you pick up a few things, you put it on eBay. You know, like, if it was just a side thing. Yeah, absolutely. I think it'd be a a little bit of side income. Um, Might be a lot of bit of side income. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) I think you might rapidly find that, uh... This is uh, fairly lucrative if you know how to market your spooky doll correctly. Hey, I used to be in marketing. I feel like, and you are great at thrift store shopping. I feel like. Oh my god, we could start. It's all coming together. Store, all right? these, all these years, we've been building towards something. I didn't know what it was, but today this is it. We've discovered. Because <laughs> I feel like you have the eye where you're like, oh yeah. That for sure. Whereas I just am going to get too overwhelmed by shiny things and I won't be able to focus. Right. You're just going to walk out like... and they're just covered in jewelry. You're like, some of it's got to be cursed, right? <laughs> you're like, Rachel, I look like the sun. And you're like, Wait, that's not what we came here for. That's not what we came here for. Okay. Shine light bright like a diamond, Rachel. <laughs> I know what you mean, though. I actually have the same problem as you. Like, I get into a thrift store and I'm like, shiny, 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 shiny. <laughs> Although, what, like, we've talked about this before, but like one of my favorite things when we went to tea or brunch or something and then we, i took you to my favorite um vintage store and you just like saw the sparkly things from the door and like beeline and you were just delighted delighted you had the best I, yeah time. other people were probably like oh rachel with her vintage shopping but you were like you were so into it oh my god i still have that 
rainbow jewel encrusted bowl yes! that like I'll never wear in because it it's not it doesn't even make sense as far as like I can't get things out of my pockets and whatever mm-hmm. but like I sometimes I just stare at it so maybe sure. it is a well I mean yes maybe, maybe it is haunted and it's slowly descending it's like the Harry Potter mirror like you just stare into it and get yeah. lost in it yeah, I think so well, if you decide you don't want it anymore, we could sell it on eBay. People probably buy it. <laughs> all right, so let's let's start with the authentic. Now, these are this is all taken from eBay. I'm not going to do much editorializing. This is just what this is what is how they it marketed things. This is what they went for. This is the description of the item. So, before I tell you what the winning bid is, I'm at the end of after I describe what the item is and read you the thing. I want you to tell me what you would pay for it and what you think it went for okay okay Okay. i'm gonna be bad at this but i'm game i mean you know play stupid games win stupid prizes (laughs) 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 okay so this one is an authentic authentic haunted doll quote named rose in parentheses the real deal all in caps so if you're concerned okay. that maybe this is some sort of ripoff, like we nope, joked obviously. at the beginning about our plots, clear this person has specifically assured us in the headline I mean, that this is the real deal. It's in all caps, right? You now. can't lie in all caps. No, that's that's truth right there. If I've ever seen that, it. is the a fact of the internet. You, if you start typing in all caps and you lie, you'll you'll burst into flames. No, it won't post. It's mm-hmm. it's the rule of the internet. You can't type lies in all caps. It's true. So this sold on April 25th. So this is a sold item. All right. This is a cut down version too, because this thing was like 1500 words long. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Let me just start off by saying that this is, is by far one of the weirdest things that I have ever listed on eBay. I acquired this doll at an old rundown farmhouse that was having a sale on old antique items. Everything in the house had dust all over it. So, you know, if you have allergies, great. It's going to be great for you. As I was making my way back towards the front of the house, I noticed a door in the corner that had a couple of old, dirty mattresses covering it. (laughs) And this is how I got hepatitis. Okay. So, (laughs) the door had four large slide bolts on it. Intrigued, I walked back to the guy that was standing outside, sitting in his chair, and asked him what was behind the door. What? What door? I had to repeat myself a few times for him to hear me. Hold on, my hearing aids. <laughs> oh my god. He adjusted his hearing aids and heard what I said and laughed and said, Oh, there's nothing in there but a haunted doll. I laughed and said, Cool, how much do you want for it? You don't want any part of that thing, he said. That doll has a curse on it, but if you really want it, you can have it for free. It's been up there for years. Really? I said. Do not take it out of the bag and go out the back door with it, he said. You're going to have to crawl in the attic to get it. Don't come back here with it. To ensure that this doll ends up in the right hands, I'm setting the bar very high. If it doesn't sell, then it is going to remain in storage forever till I'm gone, and that's fine by me. Whoever finds it then, that's their burden. All right. All right. So, Rose the Cursed Real Deal Doll. How much would you right. per- how much would you of your hard-earned money would you Here's the thing. Okay. I would never purchase a haunted doll <laughs> at all. 
So I'm already. You're like negative a million dollars. I'm already starting at zero. But I mean. Does the story sway you at all? No. No, 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 no. But what about the part where he turned up his hearing aids? No. (laughs) I mean, this is the the thing. These little details really add to the authenticity. Like, I believe this story now. Yeah, that's a word for it. 